This is the Authentic Tea Podcast, brought to you by Resilience Yoga. This is the perfect place to find that time and space just for you. I am your host, Rach, and I'm excited to share with you my love of yoga, meditation, and conscious living. As a medic, I understand the challenges of working in medicine as a woman and the desire to maintain a sense of self and authenticity. This podcast will bring you thoughts and ideas on how to create balance each day and to cultivate practices that allow you to connect to yourself and the world around you. I'm honored to be sharing my cup of tea with colleagues and friends who share their experience of creating their own path through life. I hope these stories inspire you to free your inner self and live more mindfully each day. Today, it's wonderful to be chatting with Helen. Helen is a personal development coach supporting busy professionals to create a work-life balance and navigate change in their lives. Helen recently shared her thoughts on coaching with a series of webinars with The Coaching Pod, joining other like-minded coaches on a similar mission. In addition to being a GP clinical tutor, contributing to the teaching faculty in Swansea, Helen is also expanding her expertise as a GP by developing her specialist interest in lifestyle medicine. Welcome, Helen. It's great to have you here today. Yeah, thank you, Rachel, for having me. It's great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. And I'm really excited to explore a little bit more about what you're doing and how you've found your own path to be able to create so many wonderful things and share those with other people. So maybe we'll just start with lifestyle medicine. I've spoken to a few other doctors who have developed an interest in lifestyle medicine, but maybe you could share with the listeners your own sort of discovery when you started to realize that you were interested in lifestyle medicine and then maybe some of the steps that you've taken to develop your expertise and to learn a little bit more so that you can now deliver that to other people. Thanks, Rachel, for the questions. And But, you know, I've always been passionate about some of the pillars of lifestyle medicine. And um, back even when, as a little child, I think I was told that um, I didn't uh, like smoking and I'd sort of, you know, tell any members of the family that smoked sort of, you know, that this wasn't right. And, um, you know, there's quite a few family members that have had heart troubles and strokes and things like that in our family. So I've had health problems. And then I think I became more interested when a teenager and sort of taught myself, you know, how to, about nutrition and I was really sporty anyway. So I was, I was lucky from that aspect. And then when I was at crossroads in my career, um, then obviously looking after your, you know, stress levels, learning how to relax. I started becoming more interested then and sort of read around a lot about mindfulness and um, a great book by uh, Mark Williams, you know, living in a, a frantic world. And I think started implementing, you know, yoga and things at that time, which is just really brilliant. And I have always been into sort of healthy nutrition walking, running. But then over the last couple of, uh, maybe last two years, that, that interest has developed even more. And after completing my coaching diploma um, and having touched base with a couple of other people locally, realising that all of us had similar passions, um, then getting that group together and, and also realising that, you know, there's only so much that medication can do and the power I've tended to lean towards sort of more lifestyle 
stuff in the past and having had the opportunity to have a family member who was very much about the doctor giving the pill and the prescription and I, I saw how that disempowered um, him actually and I, I think that as well prompted me on to help other people really and, and show actually where we can help you in, in lots of different ways lots of people just don't know and I think my knowledge I, I'm just keen to develop my knowledge as much as I can to share it with you know become a great role model for my little one you know having a, a six-year-old having her I think really made me think you know what is my communication like what is you know I've got to first develop me to be able to help her to be able to help my family and my patients basically so becoming the best I can be then I can I can share with with everyone. Thank you. It's really nice to hear how that's developed from you looking at your own health and well-being and thinking about how you can, like you say, be the best version of yourself and the healthiest version. And then looking at those people really close to you and also being able to support them to think about their own health and well-being. So what sort of steps have you taken to explore more about the world of lifestyle medicine to further your learning and your expertise? I've done lots of um, research at the BSLM, the British Society of Lifestyle Medicine, and become a member there. And they've got a huge number of resources, which is fantastic. The, the CHIP facilitator course was brilliant. So I completed the CHIP course last year and then and the facilitator training. And um, this year I'm delivering the course with a, a colleague, Dr. Sarah Woods. That's now actually for people who are interested in in chip a bit more if if they pop onto afternoon tea with docs then um they're actually linking with with chip uh, and bslm as well actually so um yeah and the bslm do a diploma um which i'm signed up to this year which is i think it's going to be great the learning is brilliant um and there's so many podcasts as well you know dr chatterjee's books have just been phenomenal and fantastic to read um with his podcasts and Friday emails with little top tips and quotes. Um, so that's a, a really good resource. So I guess the steps for me were finding like-minded people, um, which was essential, finding resources, and then you know having having patience um, and setting sharing my knowledge um, and seeing what interest was in the community. So I I work with I volunteer I guess with a neighbour and I do walk and talk sessions around the block with her in the night where we do a bit of coaching around lifestyle medicine and it's amazing to see she's you know gone from having headaches every day um and being really stressed and being um you know unhappy with her weight and being unhappy with her diet and um not not actually having confidence to go far exercising to and you know Having lots of caffeine to now um you know reducing her caffeine she's sleeping well now which was sleeping poorly before headaches are reduced the stress levels are better um you know she's feeling more confident she's walking you know we ended up doing sort of five thousand instead of two thousand steps the other day she's losing weight it's just you know and seeing bringing my coach you know the coaching skills where I purely just ask questions most of the time and share a bit of knowledge it's, it's phenomenal to see the the difference you know 
so yeah working with um one-to-one just um and obviously patients as well and putting some of dr chatterjee's prescribing lifestyle medicine course into action has been brilliant and then the other thing is you know setting up a cpd group locally for healthcare professionals has been the, another step that i've taken so if you find your tribe you know some people would call it you know like-minded people who've got the same passions core values then you f- you know you feel like you belong and then that drives you forward and we're all sort of you know sharing resources and um you know you you get excited about you know meeting people or you know really excited maybe to you know invite people for dinner or sharing recipes and things like that you know and and, and you you know you're talking the same language which is lovely the, the next step was for me was to share with my community a bit more um so you gain confidence you know you you think well what's the interest out there you know well who else is wanting this information and i've set up a whatsapp group um for the community to share resources now we're sort of up to 70 people on there um with a variety of people from all walks of life and um yeah you know there was um a message on there this morning about a sea swim um and and a few people saying you know oh thank you for sharing yes i'll I'll come paddleboarding whilst you go i'll go swimming there's been a real community community you know vibe really i guess the steps are for me the big one was finding finding like-minded people and then research researching on you know getting involved with bslm just becoming a member um and enhancing my knowledge from the resources a very long answer rachel it's a great answer though so we don't mind long answers not it's not a problem at all <laughs> From listening to you describe that process, I think for you, it sounds like sharing is a really important aspect of that, being able to share that both with the people who are in your peers, so your colleagues, but also for your community, which I think is is really lovely because you're not only taking that learning for yourself, but you're really able to then, like you say, pass it on and take that value to the people around you to kind of increase that impact and to get other people and bounce off each other as well. How have you found kind of taking it to your GP world? Have you been able to work with like your GP colleagues, your practice, just like when you're with patients? Has it given you a different outlook on your consultations? And how has it changed maybe the way you're communicating and like you say, prescribing and thinking about different ways that you can support people in their health? Yeah, it's been, you know, um, it left medicine something completely, you know, that that's, fairly new term and some people resonate with it and are familiar with it and some people are not um and i'm an appraiser so actually lots of people are really enthusiastic because they feel that there's a need there's a, a change is needed in our approach and i guess you know it's it, it's an empowering approach lifestyle medicine and coaching because coaching is a part of lifestyle medicine so more asking rather than telling you know I think, um, yeah, so that I've, I've spoken to when I, I look them in different practices. I've asked lots of different look, um, practices about, you know, their thoughts about maybe setting up a clinic or, and, you know, the overwhelming response has been, that sounds brilliant. And it was just yesterday or a couple of days ago that 
another doctor who I've, I've spoken to fairly recently about lifestyle medicine, he was suggesting, you know, well, what about doing, you know, bidding for doing some group sessions for the cluster for, you know, whether it's, um, you know, sleep or, and, you know, actually there's a few of us in the group that are really passionate about that. So um, that that's sort of in, in the pipeline. So then we can share some of this knowledge with, with patients really. And, you know, rather than just having a few people benefit, then there's more people. And just even, you know, the, the CHIP programme as well, you know, Sarah and I are able to share quite a lot of that knowledge and, you know, inviting people to come and observe there. Um, so actually, the response has been amazing. And I, I think what I've realised is that if if we can help almost educate our or share the knowledge with our medical students um, and GP trainees, then it gets flustered up as well. So, um, you know, we delivered the a teaching morning for the medical students, um, it was December last year, and it was so, you know, the, the positive um, feedback we had from that. Um, and then that gets cascaded up, doesn't it? And then we did um, a GP all day, a GP VTS training day conference the other day. And actually a feedback I had from one GP trainer was that it, it had a huge impact on her trainee. So she realised the importance of self-care, you know, about putting on your, I had a slide saying, you know, the importance of putting on your own oxygen mask before you can you know, help others and the importance of self-care. And, you know, we talked about the different um, pillars of lifestyle medicine and, you know, just things like, you know, expectations of yourself, you know, what boundaries do you set, um, you know, what permissions you need to give yourself. It's all, all those things, really. And, um, yeah, so she's implemented big changes from, you know, drinking more water, now stopping on the way home, not going home straight and you know, sitting in a house, going on telly or the internet, stopping off and going in nature, having a walk before she goes home and being willing to share some of her challenges and, and, and realising that actually loads, lots of people are in the same boat. So that, that that was magical to get that. And, you know, again, you know, just having all this positive feedback from patients. And I do think, you know, one of the key things is being role models. Um, if, if we can be role models, we can have a huge impact on our, on our children, you know, on our society, on our, you know, just from me implementing and learning more, my little one's healthier. My mum has now adopted you know, changing her nutrition, my brothers, you know, and then and then that then gets cascaded, you know, and 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 in chip, it, it's not just limited to that individual, that change, it, it has an influence on the people around you, and if we can, you know, make just a small difference, and almost if you capture little ones at a very young age, and teach them at an early age about these things. And they have the skills and the tools for the rest of their lives, you know. But, you know, for, for patients or for healthcare professionals, because it's a tough old time at the moment for, for everyone, isn't it? And um, people have, have been tired. And I think, you know, 
I think for me, it's the power of the pause button. And I think, you know, from the yoga, the meditation to lifestyle medicine, it just, and from coaching, you know, it's just that power of the pause button and saying, what is it that I need right now? You know, how is my sleep? How is my nutrition? How am I doing in relation to caffeine, you know, alcohol? How am I doing in terms of my stress levels at the moment? You know, what do I really need to do? And to be honest with you, from coaching people, from spending, you know, time doing lots of lifestyle medicine um, over the last couple of months, you know, it's the power of the pause button, just giving time to think about these things and then implementing them, you know. And these are strategies that lots of my patients, you know, with, say, stress and anxiety have taken and really benefited from, you know, from gratitude journals, random acts of kindness, you know, meditation, but for sort of the, the sleep things, you know, the positive psychology. And then, you know, sleep, caffeine has, has been the big one, you know, for lots of my patients, you know, lockdowns brought 10 cups of tea a day. Um, and the last one, you know, really late at, at night and lots more technology in the evening. And just making these few little tweaks, you know, to have their sleep. So, yeah, I could go on forever, Rachel. So if we had hours, we could be here forever. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that, Helen. We just keep talking. We just keep recording, keep talking. It's fine. One of the things that you've just touched on there, though, and you said it before, is about the empowerment. And I think that's really interesting, particularly in a time now where so much of what is going on is outside of our control and by making small changes in our nutrition, in the way that we deal with stress and giving ourselves those little tools to be able to implement, because they are the things that we can control. And so it's interesting you were talking about, you know, being a role model and thinking about how taking on board all those principles to your own health, but because then you can kind of walk, you're walking the talk really, aren't you? Absolutely. I, I think for me, um, I've tried all all the things I recommend. I've done them, you know, and I and I've benefited. So I've got the story to tell that actually, you know, during uh, the second lockdown in December, every day, you know, at the dinner at the breakfast table, um, my daughter, husband, and I would do. We talk about three things that we were grateful for that day, and we'd choose a random act of kindness or thought about something that we could do, um, whether it was picking up the litter with our litter pickers or whether it was, you know, doing something kind for a neighbour or dog walking or w- whatever it was. And, and it does have a massive impact. It, it really does. Um, and so if I can experiment with myself, so for example, you know, just from me um, having created some some good habits, such as, you know, waking up, trying to wake up the same time every day or and now I naturally do because I'm in, in, in that's what my body does being in sync with your circadian rhythm and you know getting outdoors early in the morning and going for that run um, or that walk or doing that strength training and, and making sure your glasses of water you know you've got that two glasses of water you've done your exercise and then you've had that space and actually sharing that those three points with people 
have, you know, just even walking home with a mum from school um, a couple of months ago and, you know, talking about, you know, my routine and how I found it really beneficial. Um, she then implemented it. So she, um, you know, got up, but for her, she needed some time herself because if you get, I know I can give so much more if I just create that little bit of space for me in the morning. And I know when I work best. So knowing yourself, I think that's where things like, you know, yoga, meditation, coaching, you, you just become, you get to know yourself better, what you need and how you work um, and what works. So for me, I'm a morning person. So getting up, you know, six o'clock, putting my, my trainers and everything's ready to go. And then off I go for my run and then add my water and then I'm ready to start the day. And actually that's impacted um, a lot more people than I realised. And, you know, sharing that, a neighbour saw me running at six o'clock and he said, you've inspired me, I'm out. <laughs> so he's come out early in the morning. And then my, um, yeah, the mum in school, um, so she implemented, she was, she got up at six and um, she was doing it um, five days a week and she would read read a book. She would go on the exercise, uh, she just had a little rowing machine that she went on for sort of 10, 15 minutes and then she'd have some quiet time. And she said how much better she was mentally for the rest of the day with her three kids. It was it was phenomenal, you know these little changes, and then I think that's one thing that all the people I've coached and worked with patients and and you know even um family it's just that one small step you know it's the case and step you just take one small step and it propels you forward. The way that we start our days has such an impact, doesn't it, on the rest of the day. So I think, like you say, if you can really find a routine that really suits you and gives you what you need to start off with, then you've done that little bit. You've, Like you said, you put your oxygen mask on you before you start the rest of the day. And then definitely what I find is those things, any challenge that comes, you are then, you are then prepared. You've given yourself that time. So you are able to give your care to other people, to have those difficult conversations to get through the working day and be able to come home and switch off again and I think it's just like you say those small little elements that you can put into your life that really help you so where did your interest in coaching come from was it something that you had had some coaching yourself and then kind of saw the benefit of it so 10 years ago as a partner in a practice and um, I come valued out of GP training you know I was just on the the one path that I thought that we all did, you know. Um, I'd never been off the path in, um, in medicine, you know, school, med school, GP training, partner. That was it. And I thought that was it, you know, I, that was my my ambition. Um, and I was very goal-driven at the time. I was I was there for about two years. And I, I you know, we worked really hard and it was, it was a great practice and I learned loads. And I there was um, an opportunity to go on a leadership program, um, the RCGP first five leadership program. There's some pilots being done, and I thought, uh, yeah, I, I went on, a, on that program, which lasted a year, which is brilliant, and had some coaching that really helped give me confidence and to maybe, you know, suggest changes um, in the practice and 
bring about changes in the practice. And, and I found it really insightful, really loved it. And then I came to Crossroads then um, in my own career. And I hadn't, hadn't ever come across that before. That was a really unsettling time for me, actually. Um, and because, you know, we all, I don't know if you're aware of Tony Robbins, about the human needs, the six human needs, and, you know, one of them being certainty and then an element of uncertainty. It felt very uncertain what was beyond that because I didn't have a plan, you know. In medicine, we, we generally have a plan, don't we? So then I did, you know, I, I, I felt uncertain and a, a bit stressed. And so I went and got, you know, um, found a coach, which is um, great. And she was just brilliant. And I just learned loads about myself. I learned about what my core values were, what was important to me, how I tick, about my limiting beliefs, about, you know, that I call it Mad Millie these days. Um, so <laughs> I'm positive beat. So, you know, most of us have got Mad Millie, the negative person out most of the time, apparently, with our 70,000 thoughts. And you've got to train positive beat to come out to possible beat, you know. It helps me realize what was holding me back. And they're normally internal more than the external. And it really helped me navigate change, trans do. Um, I was given some tools that I've, you know, I learned some new tools and techniques um, that I've used throughout my whole life. Actually, for the last eight, nine years, I've used these, um, you know, just simple things like the wheel of life or, and, and I use this with my, with my patients and my med students and, you know, for lifestyle changes as well. And then basically as a result of the coaching, I felt confident in being able to resign from my partnership at the time. I make the jump. I think also I realized that what, one of my core values is, is my family and friends. And I was giving so much of my myself that those high expectations I had for myself. There's limited time for the things actually that you love. And you just think, well, actually, what what is life about? And you know, we were thinking about having children and there was no there was no space and bodies don't really like it when you're busy and stressed so I think you know if we wanted if I really wanted to be living by my core values then I needed to make a change and it really felt unsettling but with coaching it and and, you know doing things like mindfulness meditation and yoga and you know looking after me really helped me make that change and creating space so hitting that pause button you know to reflect and get to know what was working and really really helped and as I say you know I still have coaching now because I love it and I still implement all these tools with in in my own life and with my patients and 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 family and little one you know so impacts all of your life it felt uncertain at the time but I had a had a had a tool um and a, a strategy and I knew that if I ever, I, I thought if I ever look back and think, did I do the right thing? I can always look at this to remind myself. And you know, there was once or twice I think I thought, oh, did I do the right thing? But actually, wholeheartedly, it was the best thing I've ever done because 
I would not have had the experience, you know, I had uh, an amazing experience in working in an inner city practice with, you know, with, with patients that I really loved working with on a team and the practice was really small. Um, you know, I wouldn't have had that. And I, you know, just been being able to go to yoga once a week and, you know, and I got pregnant and being able to do some nice running and relaxation, you know, and really giving, it was the first time I'd properly giving time to, to, to me really, to, to just uh, look after me. And um, I'd obviously another little person to look after as well. So, you know, it makes it even more important, isn't it? So, yeah, it was, it was the best thing. And then, you know, I wouldn't have had space to do coaching. I wouldn't have had space to do the, me- I was really passionate about teaching as well. And I was, I had an ambition to teach in university and, um, you know, that freedom, basically freedom is a big thing for me and autonomy, flexibility. And it gave me freedom to be able to explore and you know, to do the med ed cert and enjoy teaching the uni and space with family and friends. And yeah, I've been able to create a lot more and, and I guess be creating my own path and um, and I'm really passionate about helping people, you know, follow their own path and, you know, be the best they can be, really. And, you know, and, and, and knowing it's okay, you know, to jump off the wagon and, and, and create your own little sidelines. And you can always go back if you don't like it, you know. And asking yourself, well, what's the worst thing that could happen is, is and actually, it's generally going to be okay. Um, there was a tool, um, Rachel, that I came across fairly recently, actually, which is a great one. So where you can either get two or three chairs or, you know, draw two chairs. And then you put, so I'll, I'll, I'll call myself sort of the um, fearful Helen, for example. You put fearful Helen in one chair and you put the courageous Helen in the other chair. And then you think about your future and you sit in that person with the fearful Helen and you think about how you feel you know if you stay stay in that those moments and you stay as you are and how you feel what you'll be doing what impact you'll have think about your core values and which ones of those are being ticked and met what beliefs are hindering you and serving you um, if you want to go that deep um, and then you know you do the the same thing for the for the second um, person, that courageous person. That really helps actually sometimes make decisions. You think, oh, what do I want to be? How do I want to feel? Give you that courage, you know, to make the, the jump. And I think also we're always going to have those moments, aren't we? So whatever we create in our little curvy path, whatever little road we take, there will always be moments of uncertainty. And it sounds like from what you're sharing there that the value-driven approach is really how you come back to giving yourself a moment of courage or being able to give yourself the strength to keep moving forward even despite some of that uncertainty. It's really exciting to hear how your career is developing and continuing to sort of flow down the river and you know pick up different new things along the way one of the things I love about your coaching which I spotted is that you're also giving some of your 
coaching to be able to support your local community so your community school so that they can also develop something and it's interesting that you were mentioning about how important teaching and education is we can share habits with our children and our communities around us we've got much better chance of equipping them with the knowledge and the understanding to make healthier choices so how are you sort of working with that and how did that idea come about I think again, you know, it's all about sharing and and helping others. And I think if I if we can share tools and strategies with little ones, or with parents, or with teachers, then throughout their lives, if they can be, say, for example, um, COVID has put it on hold actually. But one of the things I'm hoping to to uh, fund, which I found the coach um, who can deliver it, is is mindfulness training and session for the teachers and 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 some of the parents and um if we by you know sharing these tools and skills with the teachers with us with and ultimately with our students then that can have a big impact because if you think you know if we can teach them at this age how to manage stress and the techniques and, and tools then surely we'll be and if we can educate them about the lifestyle pillars now and get their taste buds used to good nutrition and, you know, that they're aware of how to relax and they're aware of, you know, the importance of physical activity every day, then, you know, hopefully they can navigate life a lot easier and, you know, there won't be so much um, stress, anxiety. And also I'm really passionate about helping people be able to, stretch themselves like the outside of their comfort zone into that sort of you know into the stretch zone and you know they'll be they'll have possibly more of a hopefully more more of a growth mindset where they're you know healthier happier and we'll have hopefully less I guess chronic disease and mental health and starting at, at really the young age can have a big difference you know make a big difference um Thank you. Thank you, Helen. Honestly, it's so lovely to chat to you. I could chat to you for a lot, lot longer. I have so many questions, but it's been so wonderful to listen to your story and how you have navigated your life and created all these wonderful things that you're now able to share with other people. So last question of the podcast is my podcast is called Authentic Tea and the idea that we can just be ourselves and be very comfortable and happy with who we are. So who and where would you like to have your most authentic cup of tea? Well, I it's it's probably not a, a, an answer you would expect, but it's actually my six-year-old daughter. And the reason why I say that is, is for so many different reasons. Um, because she's just happy, you know, fun. She's adventurous. She's kind. You know, she's a brilliant listener. I'm Communicating for me is a... A top key, top quality, and if you can actively listen, and really listen and be present, that is a skill like no other. Because your relationships are better, every aspect of your life will will, will flow a little bit easier, you know. And she's she's just you know energetic. She knows when to hit that pause button, and and she listens to her body, you know. And she's got what I feel like is great self-control. 
She knows the importance of exercise. Oh, you know, she's kind, caring, compassionate. You know, she's flexible. You know, it's all those beautiful things that you 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 aspire to be, you know. Um, and you know, she's she's learned that meditation techniques, she knows how to hit the pause button when she's angry or frustrated, or you know, she can communicate her feelings well. You know, she's she's you know magical to be with, you know, and I, I, I feel very proud of her. And you know, having a discussion with her over a cup of tea is just brilliant, you know. So um yeah, and you know, she the big thing I, I really admire about her is that she's grown in confidence since I've done my coaching. Um she's changed and she's now gone from a really shy little girl um or quiet uh, I'm not so keen on the word shy but quiet little girl who lacked confidence to now being a little girl that's empowering others, motivating others, positive. She's inspiring other people. She's willing to push herself outside the comfort zone um, and, and, and be assertive. She truly is creating her own path and being who she wants to be. Um, and that, for me, that, that, that's my number one goal. And, you know, for me, she's, she's going to be number one. Thank you, Helen. Thank you for sharing that. That is really beautiful. And I know that you've now got a week of holiday, so you may even get an opportunity to have a little cup of tea together. So that's just really wonderful. And I am sure that all of the work you're doing and all of the work you're doing as a mum is making a big impact on all the people around you, including your family and your daughter. So thank you so much for sharing all of this today. It's been wonderful to chat with you. Thank you, Rachel, for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to the Authentic Tea podcast brought to you by Rach and Resilience Yoga, creating yoga and meditation content specifically for women in medicine who want to cultivate inner calm and resilience. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe, rate, write a quick review and join us again soon. Mm-hmm.